0: what is going on sports bar jockeys it's Rem here with another episode for you guys it has been Two and a half weeks since my last podcast and I do apologize for that Um, There are so many reasons for why I have not been able to record Any time in the last two weeks but I promise you uh, With the way that things are right now I will try to get as much content out to you guys as possible Hopefully every day if not every other day Just with some kind of content Mainly just because baseball is starting soon And that was really the argument that I had is Baseball is the most fun fun sport for me to talk about so when baseball season does begin here in a few weeks um I will be able to talk about it and there's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, Some of our highest grossing episodes with this podcast were actually uh, baseball episodes from the beginning of the season last year and I was just having a blast doing it. So I'm hoping that we can get back to that and uh, gain some, some rep here. So that's it for the intro. I'm going to keep it short today, but essentially it's been two and a half weeks since the last podcast and I just wanted to get an episode out to you guys Uh, right now, just to kind of break that ice and uh, break that drought that we were in. So we're going to start right back up here and get back in the rhythm and uh, be a little bit more consistent. Uh, But uh, into the actual sports talk, Uh, last episode I did manifest the Eagles and 49ers uh, NFC Championship game. So that was obviously something that I was praying for, uh, raving for, just rooting for, Like, I just wanted it so bad, right? I just wanted to see Eagles-Niners NFC Championship game. And I think a lot of people agreed that on paper that was going to be the best matchup that they could come up with in that uh, championship series. So when that actually got determined and when those two teams got pinned against each other, everybody was excited. Obviously, there was a a lot of hype behind that week. And then when the actual game played, uh, it was a lot of disappointment. So... Essentially, the only headline from that game that I can even acknowledge at this point is that the San Francisco 49ers essentially played the entire game without a quarterback. Uh, Brock Purdy got injured very early in that game, and he was really the only guy who could have beat or at least put up a little bit of a fight with the Philadelphia Eagles juggernaut. So when he got injured early, it was kind of the beginning of the end for San Francisco. They didn't look like the 49ers because they weren't the 49ers. Everything that I said in my last episode about Brock Purdy is essentially true now. Um, That has been proven that the 49ers would not have won all of those games with just anybody at quarterback. Brock Purdy kept that together. He was the glue, the heart of the team, kept everything in rhythm and just helped that team be a well-oiled machine for a better part of like 10 weeks. So uh, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, I mean, just the whole team was running on all cylinders and just dominating everybody that they played. Until that game and the game that they played against the Philadelphia Eagles, the 49ers, really didn't look like the 49ers. Um, the reason being Brock Purdy, I think it was a UCL. He tore his UCL. He was, he was throwing the ball. He got strip sacked and on that play, you could just see his arm move awkwardly and you could just tell something was wrong. And he tried to tough it out. You know, you saw him on the sideline in pain getting worked on constantly and eventually had to come back in the game because their other quarterback, uh, Johnson, I believe is, um, the, uh, pathetic guy that came in after Purdy's name, uh, he just kind of got injured and then they didn't have much of a choice but to just throw Purdy back in the fire and see what he could do. It's not like he was actually going to throw the ball because his arm was basically in two pieces. So um, with that torn ligament in his arm, he kind of just handed it off and they even tried some wildcat with Christian McCaffrey, which I think would have been their better bet after Purdy went down was just to let CMC be quarterback. But it seemed like Johnson was the choice for Shanahan and the guys. And I think that was the wrong choice. So I'm not saying that they would have won that game uh, with McCaffrey at quarterback, but at least their offense would have been a little bit more productive than the pathetic effort that you saw from Johnson. I mean, that guy, what, is like a, a practice squad level quarterback, if that, uh, and you throw him into an NFC championship game against a dominating defense, the number one pass defensive football. I mean, he's not going to do anything, right? So... Your best bet was just to kind of run the ball and, and do some options, maybe some triple options, some some weird screen passes, some, uh, you know, bubbles and um, and slip screens, just some weird stuff. You could have just got away with some weird stuff, some laterals, some reversals, some flea flickers. I mean, something, you know, figure something out. Let Debo Samuel line up back there and McCaffrey and just kind of let your offense do whatever it, it naturally does. Um, but instead of doing that, they tried to do the uh, – standard 49ers offense that they were in with purdy kind of with johnson where they were still trying to throw the ball and it didn't look good it just didn't look good you you could see right away that uh johnson was pretty incompetent and uh there was no changes made no adjustments it was almost like san francisco had conceded the game whenever purdy went down so um McCaffrey even tried to take it into his own hands and had a highlight reel touchdown um where he bounced off literally every defender on the field and scored uh and that was when the game was still close you know he nodded it up and uh McCaffrey was having a game and then next thing you know they Johnson just started you know turning the ball over and and they couldn't move the ball and it's It was just hard to watch, man. So it was very disappointing. That's really all I'm going to say about it is the injury-ridden 49ers were not the 49ers. And if Brock Purdy would have played in that game, the entire game, I think it would have been a little bit different story. I'm not saying the Niners would have won. But I think it would have been a competitive game and it would have lived up to my expectations. So all I'm saying is very disappointed with that game, very disappointed with um, the 49ers as a whole after watching that. But again, you can't do anything about injuries, So they just kind of got really unlucky, like really unlucky after playing all season the way that they played. Uh, but it does kind of, like I say, uh, make the argument for Brock Purdy being as good as I say he is. And, and the whole last episode that I had on this podcast revolved around that man, Brock Purdy, and me raving about his ability and what he, it means to the 49ers. So after you saw what happened when they don't have Purdy at the helm, I think people should start to think a little bit harder about who should be the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers next year. I think if you don't start Brock Purdy, you're making a mistake you know, they go with Trey Lance. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't think the 49ers are a playoff team, with Trey Lance at quarterback. I really don't. Um, if you start Brock Purdy, you're going to win the division and you're probably going to find yourself back in the NFC championship game, uh, depending on matchups. But if you start, uh, Trey Lance, I don't even see them being a playoff team next year. So I think it's a big decision for the 49ers and I just hope they make the right one. So, uh, the best teams did win, though. Uh, I love the 49ers. I, I really was one in, was rooting for them in that game. But once Purdy went down, if the 49ers was somehow won that game without Purdy, it, the two best teams would not have been in the Super Bowl, right? So the Eagles were a juggernaut, a powerhouse all year. They deserve to make it to the Super Bowl. Okay, I mean, that team, like I said about the 49ers, it was a well-oiled machine uh, all year. Every, every game that Jalen Hurts started, the Eagles just looked unstoppable, and you could say arguably the same thing about the Kansas City Chiefs, even though preseason, I, I don't think a lot of people had those T teams uh, listed as the two best teams in the power rankings, but they ended up being the two best teams. Uh, Kansas City, uh, the year directly after losing Tyreek Hill, goes on to win the Super Bowl. I mean, who would have thought? But that's just Mahomes. You know, That's, that's Mahomes' greatness uh, on display. I mean, he is the best player in the world, and he's, he's chasing Brady now. You know, um, Mahomes' resume after the first, what, five seasons of being a starter in his career are absolutely untouchable. Uh, The only guy that has the wins and the meaningful wins and the awards that Mahomes is able to accumulate was Tom Brady. Uh, And Tom Brady had that longevity factor. So can Mahomes play enough years to catch Brady? Who knows? But I do think Kansas City is as dominant as possible. And it doesn't matter who you give him Uh, as far as that... Championship game against uh, Cincinnati. Literally every single receiver on that team was injured in that game. Patrick Mahomes was thrown to Marquez Valdez Scantling and a bunch of nobodies, and they still went on to win that game in a comeback uh, victory. So, Mahomes, you just can't count that man out ever. Uh, there was a time where the Eagles were dominating the Super Bowl. And I I don't think they were necessarily dominating, but on the scoreboard they were. And then Kansas City bounces back, got a defensive touchdown at one point, and just kind of got on a roll. I mean, I think the stat was that they scored on every single possession in the second half. Uh, They even had a missed field goal in the first half, a a doinker from Harrison Butker. But, I mean, dude, it's... You just can't say enough good things about Kansas City, and um, I really don't have that much else to say about it. I mean, the Super Bowl in itself was a very entertaining game to watch, um, in my opinion, one for the ages. That was one of the most entertaining, best, more, most fun to watch Super Bowls I can remember in recent memory. So I was very proud of the way that that production was put on by the NFL. Um, I like that um, – Kevin Burkhart and uh, Greg Olson were the commentators for the game. That was the huge plus for me. Uh, A lot of the prime time commentators like Collinsworth and um, Aikman and and some of the guys that they have on there are just so annoying to listen to and it's hard to watch sometimes. But for them to get Burkhart and Olson on there, I think it made the game a little bit easier to watch, along with it being just an outstanding, high scoring, explosive uh, game, just like we kind of all expected um, out of. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, they did what they did. You know, the Eagles played well. It's not like they played bad. Um, They scored a lot of points. Uh, Kansas City just scored more. Uh, Jalen Hurts was flexing his muscles in the first half and kind of doing it himself as far as like running the ball and um, wasn't really letting anybody else have any of the spotlight. He took all of it Um, And then the second half was all about Patrick Mahomes. And he inevitably won the uh, Super Bowl MVP throwing three touchdowns. And, I mean, (laughs) Patrick Mahomes didn't even throw for 200 yards in that game. Like, that's the crazy part is, like, Pacheco looked really good. Um, The defense was good for Kansas City at times. Um, Their special teams was good. They had a really good punt return from um, – God, I can't even remember his name. The guy that was on the Giants. Oh, Kadarius Toney. He was on the Giants and then went to the Chiefs. Uh, Kadarius Toney, who's been injured a lot. He, he's actually a really good player. If he if he could stay on the field, Kadarius Toney is an impact player. And you saw him make an impact in that game in the Super Bowl. You saw Juju Smith Schuster make an impact. You saw Travis Kelsey just do Travis Kelsey things, especially early in that game. Not as much later on. But Pacheco, I, I think... Beginning of the season for me, Isaiah Pacheco was the guy for Kansas City. You know, I'm 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 a uh, Clyde edwards hilaire fan. I like his uh, low center of gravity and just the way that he runs, but I think Pacheco is almost built for this Kansas City offense. Okay, the way that Pacheco runs, um he just I don't know. It's it's like a more explosive version of like Jamal Charles, Kareem Hunt, like those guys that they've had in Kansas City, except he's a little bit shiftier than those guys in my opinion. And he just kind of like runs with his head cut off i mean he literally runs like a chicken with his head cut off he is so like determined when he gets a ball in his hands like he has impactful run after impactful run he runs with vengeance like he is coming for you he's not a huge guy but he just what do they call it that um the uh it's not like in your face but uh let me see angry run, yeah, that's what it is it's an angry run um so like just the way he runs it 's like angry like he just i don 't know how to describe it like if you 've watched Isaiah Pacheco run, you know what I mean, but i 'm just saying like he 's built for this team, he gives them that ground game, that um, explosive ground game on top of the the pass game that 's going to be splendid, no matter who Mahomes has out there with him. Their offensive line is built really well i mean they didn 't give up any sacks, and the Eagle's defense literally led the league in sacks in the in the season, so like That says a lot about Kansas City. They got the O-line for it, led by Creed Humphrey, who has been great the last few years since he came in the league. You got Pat Mahomes at quarterback, the best in the world. It does not matter who you put at receiver. Just make sure Travis Kelsey is there. The best duo that anyone's ever seen. I mean, literally, Kelsey's second, I think, in Super Bowl history now, or postseason history. I think it's postseason history, behind Jerry Rice in touchdown catches. And he just passed Gronk this year. So, like, it's Jerry Rice... Uh, Travis Kelsey, and G- Rob Gronkowski. I mean, you're talking about three of the greatest quarterback wide receiver duos of all time, right? Obviously, you got Jerry Rice with um, with Montana um, and Young or uh, whoever he <laughs> played with. Jerry Rice was on the 49ers, the Raiders, whatever. Uh, you got uh, Tom Brady with Gronk, obviously, and then you got Mahomes with uh, Travis Kelsey. So the two, of obviously, of my time that I know the best are Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and um, – Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm ready to take Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes over Gronk and Brady and that it takes a lot to say that but I think this is the new best duo of this era of football um, so I would say Brady and Gronk are now in second place uh, behind Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and hopefully they continue to put that on display for the next few years for us because that was a, a very entertaining Super Bowl and I'm I'm very Uh, excited. Um, It was was the third most grossing sports event or something like that that was viewed here in recent memory. I mean, the third grossing uh, sporting event, I believe I read this morning. So you're talking about a historic viewing numbers for the NFL and that's just good for the sport. Right. And uh, that says a lot about, you know, what people gravitate towards as far as like Entertainment in the sports industry in in twenty twenty three uh, football is the leading viewed sport in America and I think it's going to continue to be. Everybody seems to love uh, football more so than the other main sports that that are here. So yeah, I mean that's it's good to see. It's just good to see that football is not going to die anytime soon. And it it I mean I I personally like. Yeah, I like football, but there are other sports I like more than football. Football is definitely not my favorite. And honestly, I prefer following and kind of even watching baseball more so than football. Um, That's just personal preference. But um, I just like the idea of just sitting down, chilling, eating peanuts, having a beer, you know, eating a (laughs) cheesesteak, whatever it may be, and just watching a baseball game, just taking in a baseball game. Whether it's live, at home, it doesn't matter. Baseball, for me, is... It's just more important to me So I like football But I like baseball better And I wish that baseball wasn't uh, Trending downward But um, I think this is the peak The peak time for baseball You know With things that we've never seen before Like Shohei Otani Obviously is a big deal Um, For the For the league A good thing for the league uh, And everybody to kind of spotlight and watch as, as that guy, you know, like the, the second coming of Babe Ruth or whatever you want to call show. Hey, um, that kind of stuff's good for the sport. Baseball's obviously obviously international sport. We get a lot of countries involved. Um, that's going to be put on display here shortly in the WBC. Um, so let me, let me get back on topic. I'm sorry, guys, first episode in a while. I'm kind of all over the place, but, um, essentially to wrap it up with football and then I'll get right back into that same conversation about baseball. Um, the, Best teams played in the Super Bowl, right? The Chiefs got the bye week in the NFC and ended up making it to the Super Bowl. Eagles got the bye week in the NFC and ended up making the Super Bowl. They played each other and we saw the battle of the two best teams. And, and that doesn't happen very often, but it happened this year. The two best teams did make it to the Super Bowl, played each other, and we saw who was better. You know, Patrick Holmes flexed and <laughs> next thing you know, their Kansas City Chiefs are so World Series champions or <laughs> to World Series. See, I got baseball in the mind. Super Bowl champions yet again. So, this is the last thing I'm going to say about football because as you can tell, I'm really anxious to talk about baseball way more so than football. I just had to kind of summarize our NFL season before I started to dive deeper into baseball. Um, the last thing I want to say is uh, last week, whenever they had the uh, the Pro Bowl and the festivities and everything like that, they also had the NFL honors. And I, I didn't watch the NFL honors, but this was like a week ago, it says, five days ago is when this list came out. Um, they at the honors, I don't watch it, but they come out with like who wins every individual award for the NFL season. So like every league does that where they have like an MVP and offensive player of the year, rookie of the year, all that kind of stuff. So the NFL does that every year. And I kind of like to just dive a little bit deeper into it and kind of criticize and critique. Um, who wins the awards because I almost never agree with it. Um, I even went so far as to look up how they determine who wins these awards. And the result that I found is these awards are voted on at the end of the NFL regular season by a uh, season, (laughs) by a nationwide media panel of 50 people who regularly cover the league. So the ballots are tabulated solely by the AP That's why they call them the AP honors. Um, So these, I guess, idiots, uh, 50 idiots get come together and they vote on who wins each of these awards. The reason I call them idiots is because I honestly have no idea how they voted on some of these. (laughs) Um, AP most valuable player. Patrick Mahomes, no doubt. I mean, that is an obvious choice. I was, I'm hoping Mahomes got all 50 votes, to be honest with you. He is the best player. He's going to win a lot more MVP awards. And he's just going to keep loading that trophy case that he has at his house. I mean, it, the dude is just, he's a Hall of Fame caliber player and he's 27. I mean, it's unbelievable. If Patrick Mahomes retired tomorrow, he'd probably be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> like, that's how good this guy is. So, I don't expect anything like that to happen. But I'm saying Patrick Mahomes is just unbelievable. You know, the stuff that he has, the highlights that he has and the accolades after such a short period of time. I mean, he is he is something else, guys. So we're just going to accept that Patrick Mahomes is the league MVP and and that is as deserving as deserving can be. Um, The coach of the year, Brian Dable of the Giants, I actually like that. You know, there were obviously a lot of good coaches that could have won coach of the year, like Kyle Shanahan but uh, Brian Dable, winning coach of the year, turning the Giants around single handedly in one season and making that team look as good as it did. I, honestly, I'm, I, I like that pick. I, I'm a big Dable fan. I've, you know, I've watched enough Giants games this year. I've watched him coach to know what Dable's about. And I think I really like him in, in New York for the next, I don't know, at least five to 10 years, however long he wants to be there. I think he's the guy for the job. And I think he's going to make the G men a better team. And I, I think big. big Blue's gonna to continue to compete as long as they have Dayball coaching. And obviously they wanna get that core established, whether their quarterback's gonna be Daniel Jones or whoever, and if Staquon's gonna stay in New York or whatever they decide to do. I think I think they have a good foundation, a good core, you know, young players coming up like Kayvon Thibodeau. And if they if is the coach, I think they're gonna be a, a problem for any team. So good luck to you know the G-Men in the future and congrats to Dayball for winning the, the coach of the year. Well deserved. Um Talking about the Giants a little bit more, I do think the uh, AP Comeback Player of the Year should have been either Saquon Barkley, who is a Giant, or maybe even Christian McCaffrey, who probably would have got my vote. Um, but the person that they gave the award to is Geno Smith. So what I'm kind of trying to figure out is how is Geno Smith a Comeback Player of the Year? He was in the league. He was just a backup. So how is he a comeback player of the year if he just goes from being a backup to a starter and has a decent season and has a winning record as a starter? I'm I'm not really seeing the the comeback aspect of how Geno Smith is even up for this award. Like usually a comeback player of the year is somebody that has a serious injury or something like that where they miss an entire season or a long part of the season, a portion of the season, and they come back The next year and with vengeance, right? So like McCaffrey and the Barkley, those guys made sense. Kind of like Joe Burrow last year after that crazy injury he had, or was that two years ago? I don't know, but... Geno Smith definitely should not have won this award is essentially what I'm saying. I think that's an, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So I'm not a huge Geno Smith fan. Like the numbers don't lie, I guess. Geno Smith didn't have a horrible year, but I just don't understand how you can pick him as comeback player of the year when all he did was sit on the bench and then he started playing. That's not a comeback story. A guy sitting on the bench then becoming the starter at 30 plus years old, it's not a comeback story. A comeback story is Christian McCaffrey having a serious injury not being able to play for an almost an entire season and then coming back and being an absolute boss. Or a comeback player of the year, Saquon Barkley, just ripping his leg in half against the Chicago Bears, missing an entire year, coming back and just fucking tearing it up. You know what I mean? Like, those guys actually came back from something. Geno Smith didn't come back from Jack. So I just don't understand how you can give that award to Geno Smith. So I think all of those guys on the poll, the AP. Idiots, I'm going to call them, should really check their facts a little bit and figure out what the word comeback means before they pick Geno Smith as comeback player of the year. I think that's pathetic. Um, So that's the first award I disagree with. The next one I do agree with, obviously, AP Offensive Player of the Year. Can you find a more deserving beast than Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson flexed on everybody this year, got MVP consideration. If it wasn't for Mahomes being Mahomes, Justin Jefferson should have finished probably top three in MVP voting as well. I mean, Justin Jefferson dominated the league. He doesn't even have a good quarterback. Kirk Cousins isn't even good. And Justin Jefferson just goes out there every day and balls. His stats are just unbelievable off the charts. There's nobody even close to Justin Jefferson. Jefferson as far as this season. Now, you obviously have guys like Jamar Chase that have the talent that Justin Jefferson has and just weren't able to stay on the field. But a healthy Justin Jefferson that played every game just put the league on notice. I mean, the dude almost had 2,000 receiving yards. I mean, it's it's nuts. I mean, he led the league in every receiving category pretty much, just like Cooper Cup did last year. I mean, he had a Cooper Cup-like season. And that's another guy. Put the league on notice. Cooper Cup, probably coming back healthy next year I, he could be another guy competing for that top role you know top receiver position so you got cup you got jefferson you got chase there's not a lot of other guys in that conversation you know obviously Devonte adams depending on who his quarterback is but like there's not that many guys up there in the top receiver threshold um that are at the justin jefferson level and i i, I kind of do think justin jefferson still levels above those few guys that i was just mentioning like chase but Jefferson definitely deserved that award is essentially what I'm getting at. So moving on to another award that was very deserving. The AP Defensive Player of the Year. Again, I think the ones that they got right were no-brainers. Mahomes was a no-brainer. Jefferson was a no-brainer. And Nick Bosa for Defensive Player of the Year was a no-brainer. I mean, the dude led the league in sacks. He dominated in every single way. Just, I mean, Nick Bosa's unbelievable. I mean, come on, man. Like, Nick Bosa's just Nick Bosa. I mean, this is really all you can say. you got to watch him play to really appreciate Nick Bosa. Like, he is the second best defensive player on the planet behind TJ Watt. You got TJ Watt, who missed a lot of the year. You got Nick Bosa, I would say second. And if you keep going down that list of uh, best, like, game wreckers, uh in major league uh in major league. See what I'm doing guys? I'm I'm like stuck on I'm stuck on baseball for some reason. Um <laughs> uh like game records. So I was talking like TJ Watt um, Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, Aiden Hutchinson, like th- those are the main guys that you're gonna put on that list. You know, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, the that level of of just absolute pure dominance. You know what I mean? So Nick Bosa's up there. Nick Bosa, when he's healthy, same with Watt. You can say that about Donald. Those guys, when they actually play, are just huge difference makers. Like they're the difference between the team being good and the team being mediocre. So Nick Bosa is more than deserving of that award. I think only better things to come for Nick Bosa in in the future. So good for Nick Bosa. Okay. Um, The next award was the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, They picked Garrett Wilson from the Jets. Another questionable decision. I mean, I'm not saying Garrett Wilson didn't have a good year, but how in the fuck do you not give this award to Brock Purdy? I I mean, dude, Brock Purdy, I made an episode, man. (laughs) I had an episode just about Brock, and I literally just talked about why Brock Purdy should be AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. Literally. And I, I gave you a million reasons, and they still pick Garrett Wilson. So... If you want to know why Garrett Wilson should not be AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, listen to my last episode about Brock Purdy. That's all you have to do, okay? Listen to my Purdy episode, uh, The Case for Brock Purdy, and you'll understand why Garrett Wilson should not win that award, okay? Um, Honestly, even I would say Kenny Walker should have got that award over Garrett Wilson. Let's be honest. So Kenny Walker should have been you know, offensive rookie of the year if they're not going to pick Brock Purdy for whatever reason. Defensive rookie of the year, same BS, okay? They picked Sauce Gardner from the Jets. I I, mean, I love Sauce. Don't get me wrong. I love Sauce. I think Sauce is amazing. And I, I, I think he, he did a really, really, really good job in his first season in New York. But you're, you're not comparing apples to apples, okay? You're, you're comparing Sauce Gardner to Aiden Hutchinson, okay? How... Can you say that Sauce Gardner had a better year than Aiden Hutchinson? Aiden Hutchinson was the only guy on the Lions defense that even knew how to play defense. I mean, let's be honest. That that defense was an absolute shit show all year long. And all they did was double team Hutch from the first week on. And he still had games where he was getting three sacks, games where he's picking off Aaron Rodgers, multiple games, uh, (laughs) just games where he was making an impact on the game, right? Strip, uh, recovery, run, like touchdown. Like, I don't know. I just feel like, Aiden Hutchinson should give a little bit more love. I think the way he did this year was incredible. And he's only going to get better. So this was Hutchinson's only chance, obviously, to win Rookie of the Year. And I think he should have that on his resume. But they kind of took it away from him and and gave it to Sauce Gardner. So, I mean, it is what it is. But I'm just saying, guys, like I do think that Aiden Hutchinson should have won that award uh, for Defensive Rookie of the Year. So I'm a little bit disappointed in that. Um Moving on, I I did kind of want to acknowledge the FedEx air and ground players of the year. I think they got that right. Joe Burrow and Josh Jacobs. Burrow, quarterback for the uh, Bengals. Jacobs, running back for the Raiders. I couldn't think of two more deserving guys for that. So I guess they kind of got most of these awards right. But, nah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still disappointed. I, I think Hutch should have won rookie of the year. I think Purdy should have won offensive rookie of the year. Um, I, I don't think Geno should have won comeback. I mean, like half of these awards are just bogus, right? So the last thing I want to say about football, and we're actually going to close this episode up, and I might turn this into a two-parter where I have another episode come out about baseball because I realized how long this was drawn out. Um, The Hall of Fame class is fucking amazing I mean the guys that are getting inducted to the NFL Hall of Fame this year Rondé Barber, Darrell Revis, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas and DeMarcus Ware I mean come on man like these are mostly guys I grew up watching and just like respect the shit out of and just like know they should be in the Hall of Fame and just to see guys like that get that recognition is just really cool so freaking shout out to those guys good job the NFL for inducting those studs into the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023 and I mean that's really all I have to say about it. So I I kind of went from positive to negative thing to positive thing to negative thing in this episode. As you can kind of tell, I like to keep it that way. I like to, you know, throw a positive at you, then bring you down a little bit with a negative negative, then throw another positive at you, like just kind of up and down and up and down and up and down. Just you're wondering where the hell I'm coming from, right? I mean, I'm all over the place, positive, negative, positive, negative. I'm sorry, but that's just how this has to be, right? So uh, appreciate you guys listening to this episode as I said, this is going to be a two-parter. This is part one. I'm gonna drop it right now um, I'll probably put a post on instagram to my what all of 50 couple followers that we have on there um, and um, Kind of let you know that uh, there's a couple episodes getting released today. So I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in um, It's uh, february 14th tuesday february 14th and another episode yet to come part two in a minute